Caution, explosive bolts. In this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, stations. Scanning for 2001, a space to see 1968. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 157, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. And if you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor, making our time travel possible alongside our patrons. Jared Holzauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feel and Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, new patron Andy Lewis, and three other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. I am Francisco Ruiz, your captain of the pod, and sailing with me as always is your XO, Paul the Master Interrupter Powers. Open the pod bay doors, Paul. I'm sorry, Francisco. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> well, that's disconcerting. XO, uh, can you say who is rewinding with us for 2001? I'm sorry, Francisco. I cannot do that. Can you please tell us who's rewinding with us, XO? This time we are joined by our ship's physical trainer. He is the founder of Squared Co., a creative company based in Southern California. That's where I live. That produces original limited edition goods and specializes in events that bring together fans of pop culture, movies, and collectibles. Welcome back aboard, shipman Mark Morris. What's going on, gentlemen? Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, uh, Francisco, that is a pretty good bio. I might have to steal that. Um, or whoever wrote that is pretty good. I think yeah. I just stole it from your Twitter. <laughs> Oh, well, so some, somebody must have, yeah. I may have rejiggered <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe I wrote bit, it but. so long ago. I wrote it so long ago that I don't even remember, but it, it sounds pretty good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Do I get a promotion? No, you will have to be on two more times to get oh. uh, a promotion, promote to chief. Did two he, more times? Did he get promoted times. last time? As yeah, he, he got promoted last time on Hercules. Uh. Okay. When we covered Hercules. Man, do I not? I want a promotion every time. Uh, so do we all. Okay, you are a shipman plus one toward chief. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, yeah. what's that called when like a, you get a, a black belt, but then you get another thing, and then you get like there's like different. Oh, there's like degree first yes, degree. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So you're now you're a first degree shipman. Yeah, there you go. Trainer. We'll go with that if that makes you feel better, <laughs> right. Mark. <laughs> much much better don't worry next time it'll be the second degree <laughs> wow. if we remember awesome. <laughs> well that's great make a note make a yes. note i'll make yeah. a note of that and also <laughs> make a note of this guys because this is the trivial question we'll all be answering later so originally stanley kubrick uh wanted legendary manga creator osamu tezuka to do some of the art direction after watching astro boy which came out in 1963. However, Tezuka had to turn down the offer due to uh, transporting issues from Jap Japan to the United Kingdom. After the film's release, Tezuka told uh, Kubrick 
that he loved the movie and listens to the film's soundtrack while making his work. So the question for us is, what movie soundtrack do you listen to on a regular basis while working? So we'll be answering that question as the show progresses. But for now, EXO, here's our course for this episode. First, our roundtable discussion will consist of the trailer, synopsis, production details for uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Then we'll discuss the things we like and disliked about the movie. We'll follow that up with our final reign of classic, nostalgic, or tragic, and then come back to our own time with feedback and announcements. You got that, XO? Course laid in, Alice. Rewind when ready. I'm sorry, XO. I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, here it goes. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Can try Uh, that again, XO. All right, Alice. uh, Rewind when ready. Alert. Alert. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Goodbye. Fifty years ago, one movie changed all movies. Forever. A Space Odyssey, coming soon. That wasn't the Care Bears. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, So apparently that guy remembers this movie changing all movies. Uh, I have something to say about that. It didn't change Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that guy was incepted clearly. But, you know, he, 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 sometimes we have faulty memories. And here is here are our memories of 2001, A Space Odyssey, in our memory mind melt synopsis. Monkeys worshipped a big black door. The chimps <laughs> gain intelligence and use the boxes to kill each other. Later, a signal is coming from the Jupiter moon, so NASA sends a spaceship with an AI computer named HAL that was supposed to be helping on a space mission but gained intelligence when a big rock monolith appeared. Hal then turned evil and decides to kill. One of the crew ends up in space in a space hotel with the black <laughs> slab, and then he becomes a space baby. Um. Well, yeah, that's not all. Uh, okay, Nailed no, it. not uh, not quite all of it, but a lot of it. It's amazing how much of that was correct. <laughs> um. Yeah, but not quite all of it. So some of it was incepted. But based on those memories, the memories we had, uh, how did we predict 2001 would end up being rated classic, nostalgic, tragic? Uh, and though I know, Mark, this was your first time actually having watched it, correct? Yes. So, you know, because it's such an iconic piece of film um, and it's such an old movie, mm-hmm. I was familiar with a lot of it, but I don't think I've ever seen the whole movie from start to finish. This was the first time that I actually went out to see it the whole way through. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. Um, did you get to see it in theaters or at home? Yeah. So, um, is it the, I thought it was the 40th, but according to that trailer, we just heard it's the 50 years. You no, know, I thought it was the 40th as well, but yeah, it's the 50th. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they re-released it in theaters uh, for like a month or so. Um, oh, okay, cool. So I was actually able to see it in IMAX. Wow. Um, which 
I don't know if I want to give too many spoilers about my review. I well, thought well, that would make it. Well, you could just leave it we'll there. We'll get to there. But I, I was I able to see it in IMAX. And, yeah. and I was able to catch it on a, a re-release as well. And I was able to see the uh, Christopher Nolan cleanup version. Oh, I um, forgot he did that. Okay. So, yeah, I saw it in Dolby Theater, which is their version of IMAX. So do you know if you saw the, uh, the quote-unquote normal version? Uh, Mark, I know there, there's so many different cuts. I don't think it was the Christopher Nolan had anything okay. to do with the one that I saw. Okay, uh, I may have just seen like an extended cut. I don't think the cuts any different. It's just what it was. Well, the Stanley Kubrick apparently had a version that was 19 minutes longer, uh, uh, but that wasn't. So uh, I stand corrected. I, I feel like that was the one. Um, I had there wasn't <laughs> there was a real intermission in my screen yeah Yeah, that's normal that's normal yeah even in the theatrical that's the case okay but paul what was your prediction i predicted before re-watching it that this movie would be a tragic same here i was not looking forward to this so this (laughs) this film was picked by uh patron jared holzhauer we appreciate you picking this we actually we appreciate that you were willing to pick a movie We'll find out if we appreciate you picking this one. <laughs> but uh, thanks for, for uh, being one of the people that can pick movies and patrons. At the $10 level, get to we do a random drawing for people that – for you getting to personally pick the movie. So uh, just a little plug there again for Patreon. But let's uh, move on to the technical aspects of this movie, Paul. All right. So for those patrons at the $100 more level, you can actually change our ratings so send it to Paul Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You wanted the technicals of what? <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, Paul okay. 9000. Okay. 2001 colon A Space Odyssey is rated G, runs two hours and 29 minutes theatrically, and was released <laughs> May 12th of 1968. It was directed by some guy named Stanley, and uh, he also co-wrote it with Arthur Clarke. And it starred a few people you may or may not recognize so much that I won't even go into it. Yeah, and none of the people that were involved in the production of this movie were have been in any other movies that we've covered on the podcast. So, But how did yeah. this movie do at the box office, Paul? Okay, so the budget of this film was about $12 million, and it went on to gross almost $200 million. Whoa. It's pretty good for a movie. They they almost pulled out of the theaters because it was initially doing so bad. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Good job, uh, Kubrick. Is it Kubrick? Kubrick? Or Kubrick? It it is (laughs) Kubrick. Brick. So you have a brick, uh-huh. and then there's KU in front of it. Okay. So Q brick. Thank you. Yes. Q the brick. Got it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you have uh, our the box office mojo quiz for us, Paul? All right. I have, uh, let's do one of them. Okay. Adjusted for all time. Okay. This Ooh. is the box office. This is a pretty well-known and well-respected movie amongst uh, you know the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So adjusted for all time, like inflation, all time. Inf- yes, inflation box office out of three hundred movies. This is in the top three hundred. Okay, what number is two thousand one? A Space Odyssey. What do you think, Mark? 
out of 300. Oh, man. That is super tough. Um, I will guess 231. Hmm. Yes? I, I feel like it's going to be higher than that. Though I'm loath to want it to be higher. Does it count like oh. all of the times it's been put back into theaters oh. like this past month or so? Because it's an old movie now. Yes. I would imagine every like 10 years they get another bump in numbers. Correct. I believe it does mm. count for that. So you want to change your answer? Mark? Hmm. I'll, I'll stick to the same one, but okay. I think it might be higher with this, this new bit of information. I'm going to guess 175, and we also have guess, guesses in chat. Dale guesses 25, and Lopan the Man guesses 100. So who is closest of all those, Paul? Well, it's tough because it's 151, so I think it's barely closer to 175. <laughs> <laughs> then 100, you mean? Then 100, yeah. Oh, okay. So... It's more than barely, yes. So I was, win is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes, I was trying to be nice to the people <laughs> in the chat. Well, I'm glad. I wish it was as low as Mark's guess, but I mean, no, I mean, what? I, never mind. Uh, never mind. Belay <laughs> <laughs> that. You didn't, you didn't hear anything. Um, well, okay. So obviously this did really well at the box office and yes. continues, continues to do well on re-releases. So there's probably things that people like about this movie. And let's discuss the things <laughs> we liked about 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I'm going to let Paul kick it off this time. Okay, thanks, Francisco. Uh, my my actually top three likes are so close to each other that it, it's, it's uh, not far off. Oh, okay. Anyway, but one of the things that I really liked was uh, the drama, especially between Hal and Dave. Really? Like okay. when it... It got to that point, uh-huh. I was fully invested, like, on the edge of my seat. Even though I knew what was going to happen and yeah, I had yeah. seen it before. It's like when he was like, you know, oh, this is where he's reading the lips. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, oh, mm. that whole part, uh-huh. the drama there, how he was able to to do that, I thought was really well done. So you mean when this movie actually had story, it pulled it <laughs> off well? <laughs> when it actually had drama, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. I can, but I can see that, Paul, that you liked the drama between them. Mark, was the drama, it may not have been one of your likes, but is it, was it something you keyed into? Like, oh, this is a engaging part of the story or part of the movie? Uh, yeah, definitely. I agree with, with Paul on that one. It was one of the very few um, <laughs> good parts of the movie. <laughs> I'll okay. just I'll leave it at that. I'll leave okay. it at that well, for now. <laughs> I'm not going to leave it at that because I feel like there were actually some other good parts of this movie, and one of them was the um, not that. One of them was I felt like the cinematography and production design of this movie was really stellar. Uh, 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 uh. But no, I I really liked it. I I thought all the spacecraft was really well made and looked real i thought i thought it was some beautiful shots with the monolith and the african plains and then in space on the moon and jupiter i i thought the way this movie looked was very impressive uh and And then like with the scale and you could see like little tiny people like in the windows and stuff yeah 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 even that actually i will well that's one nitpick i have it didn't make my like but i felt like the the way they scaled things 
Like at first I thought the 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 discovery ship was way bigger, especially how they were standing up. I'm like, wow, there's and when they show some of the interiors, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, totally makes sense that it's that big. But then mm-hmm. when they show like the cockpit window and right yeah. below that is where the the pods are and the mm-hmm. the size of the pods and the scale of the people, it seemed like there isn't enough room for all of that with whatever everything else in that ship. But uh, that's cool just me. to me. Okay, I'm not saying it didn't look cool. I'm just saying the the scale <laughs> seemed off. Yeah. Uh, but so that's something else I liked. Uh, uh, Mark, what's something you liked about this film? Um, so I'm going to do a little two for one in here because okay. these these are pretty similar but uh, different enough. So yeah. I really I liked the. So again, this was a movie that took place or was released 50 years ago. Yeah. So I liked the idea of what the future would look like during that time. So it was like their guess on what uh, technology and future like fashion would look like. So those are the two things, the, the fashion and technology of what the filmmakers thought would look like in the future specifically like the spacesuits it, it reminded me of like a early days of tomorrowland oh right? yeah oh yeah Disneyland, totally yeah where it's like it's very very minimal mm-hmm. but still kind of futuristic and then i thought this was funny like the, one of the biggest probably for its time technology like future technology things was the the video phone <laughs> and now yeah. you know everybody has one of those in their pocket now yeah yeah but that was always like just mind-blowing to be able to think that you could one day not only talk to somebody live but see them as you're talking totally yeah, yeah. and and also even uh in the toward the beginning not the beginning of the movie but the beginning of where the the story starts uh you see the the two guys um how was it Dave and the other guy have actually um like things that look like iPads like they're watching the TV uh broadcast on these on these pads uh while they're eating I'm like oh they have they they thought about iPads way back then and tablets that's cool so mm-hmm. yeah I I don't know if I agree with you on this well you're talking about the style of the spacesuits not so much the the guys in like business suits, like oh, plaid that and- just that didn't even seem like they tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? yes. That was exactly. just like what they wore during that decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what they showed up to set with, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, just uh, yeah. go ahead, uh, action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, uh, Paul, why don't you give us an action of another like? Uh, one of the other things that I really enjoyed was the music, and that was the the it's kind of like a ballet in space. Just to watch the the space modules fly through the space with the the classical music playing, I thought it was really nice and really soothing, and I really, really? enjoyed that. Yeah, really. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. I said it. If you say so. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, one other thing I liked, which is on the complete opposite spectrum of that, but also music related, is whenever they were, whether it were the the apes or people, whenever they got close to the monolith and there's that eerie choral, oh, 
I thought that was very effective. I was super creeped out by the monolith, and and I felt like, oh, th- this is a good sort of um, musical interpretation of sort of the feeling these people are probably having internally, uh, and sort of this unease. So I thought that was uh, really well well done. Really, really, I ac- I have got to disagree with you guys. Yeah. I was, yeah, I thought that the music was. I get what you're saying, and I agree to a certain extent. But personally, like I get how people would like it, but I thought it was more—I don't know—annoying than than I dramatic mean, or effective. If you're talking about Paul's picks for the music, I'm on yeah. board with you. If you're talking about my <laughs> picks, I disagree. I'm on no. board with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> there, it was just like I don't know. We're not supposed to be getting into the dislikes yet, right? Right. So we'll save it. Okay. Yeah. Go we'll ahead. Save it. We'll save it. Continue. Uh, well, no. You know what? Now let's get to the things we actually love the most about 2001. Uh, let's go with Paul. My classic maker for this movie is basically what you said, Francisco, was oh. the cinematography. Oh, okay. Uh, not only just the special effects, which is way beyond ahead of its time it's it's hard to believe this movie was made in the 60s it's way beyond ahead of its time how's that work? yes not only is it ahead of its time it's way beyond <laughs> it <laughs> so sorry i used a double whatever there to you have trouble thinking it. fourth dimensionally that's okay but i thought the the special effects are incredible highly mm-hmm. detailed like you said mm-hmm. Um, but also the framing of it, the lighting, yeah, and the and the cinematography, and and the, how visually it all looks, I thought was uh, masterfully done, and I think is the best part of this film. Okay, nice. Uh, how about you, uh, Mark? What's the thing you think is the best part of the of the movie? So my classic maker is Hal. Um, oh, interesting. He he was by far the most interesting and fun character in this in this whole movie. I agree um, with that. Yeah, and I totally agree with what you were saying uh, at your first like Paul that mm-hmm. the he brought a really nice level of tension mm-hmm. um, that upped the movie and its viewability. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you look at his whole story arc from when we first meet him early on, um, you can see how he's kind of testing uh, Dave and his counterpart mm-hmm. with the, they were playing chess early on and he was testing how he would react to certain situations mm-hmm. and use that knowledge to kind of dictate his moves in real life mm-hmm. later on. Uh, and then again, like you were saying, he was lip reading. Like it's was just he was definitely the most interesting um, character, and it was really uh, cool, but also scary to see what yeah. AI can potentially do. If yeah. you know, if Terminator isn't enough to scare you, <laughs> uh, this is this is the nail in the coffin. Yeah, you know what would make Terminator scarier is if it had a calm and cool collected voice yes. like the HAL 9000. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> totally. The Cyberdyne <laughs> system's very cool and collected. <laughs> um, but I think more to that point is that HAL is supposed to be there to help you as opposed to the Terminator. I mean, he's there to kill you. So. Yeah. Well, or, and you know what? You said he's got this cool, calm, collected 
uh, demeanor. Yeah. It's very monotone. And the fact that he's doing this sinister stuff um, so calmly makes it more eerie and more creepy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, XM. I'm afraid I can't do that. Exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, you know what? I didn't key into how I like the character of Hal, certainly. Uh, but I, I could totally see why it's your classic maker, Mark. For me, though, the thing that is my classic maker it is related to Hal. And it's actually the juxtaposition of these human beings all throughout their existence, apparently. And that up against the technolo- the technological evolution that man has gotten to, to the point where we've made this perfect quote, quote unquote computer, like we've made something even better than ourselves, but it's uh, of our own making and it's just very cold and clean and what, whatever you think of very like the highest echelon of technology. I like how that's, that's sort of played against our own humanness and our fragility and uh, just things like be just barely being able to survive in space. Like just, I really enjoyed that element of this movie. And you get that a lot when you have these long sequences. I'm sorry, these long (laughs) sequences of just like breathing in space and there's no music. But I think that really taps into this of, yeah, we're, 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 we, we might, we should be dead out here, but we're just barely clinging to life and we're depending on these machines. Uh, and I just liked, I liked how those played against one another. I'm Francisco. What was your classic maker? The juxtaposition mm-hmm. of the organicness of us humans mm-hmm. to the, the inorganic, machine. the clean, the cold of the machines. Okay. I thought that interesting. was an interesting facet of this movie. That's probably the most interesting theme of it. Mm-hmm. Does that okay. better explain it for you, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, my favorite part of my movie-going oh, experience go. <laughs> was when the credits started <laughs> so I could go home. But I'm not uh, giving yeah. anything away. <laughs> can I can I change my classic maker to that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, guys. Wow. These were really interesting classic makers, especially your guys' end credits one. <laughs> but... Oh, oh wait. Uh, there's one more thing that I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, you might even say it's untold. You see, because oh, no. it's the Untold Podcast, a speculative fiction podcast utilizing genres of science fiction, like 2001, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Some of my favorite episodes are one called Standoff, which is a flash flash fiction about a good cop snake in a robotic suit. That's episode 71. And The True Light, which is a fairy tale story about a heroine who uses her uh, mystical light, I think it's on a staff or something like that, to find people lost in a deep cave. And that's episode 13. So check out the Untold Podcast at untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on iTunes. Wow, gee, Duke, that's great. I didn't even know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. 
That's great, Francisco, <laughs> but what does that have to do with 2001 A Space Odyssey? Well, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey was written, at, was fictional. It wasn't real, in case you didn't know. What? It was a documentary. No and, and the Untold Podcast is pretty much all fiction. Uh, so it's and they do sci-fi just like 2001. So it's 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 related oh. in that way. Oh, so if it wasn't for 2001, this wouldn't exist. Yeah, told podcast. exactly. Yes, it's because <laughs> okay. of 2001. I'm sure. All right. Okay. But uh, uh-huh. now let's get, now let's answer the true real question. I know you guys have been waiting to hear uh, how we uh, would answer this question. And, oh, you forgot what the question was, guys? No problemo. I can give it to you again. It Did is. Did you say problemo? Like a professional blamer? <laughs> <laughs> no problemo, like in the 90s when they said, no problemo, dude. You never heard I consider, that? I consider myself a professional blamer. <laughs> yeah. No problemo here. No, no, no problemo. <sighs> okay, the question for us was, what movie soundtrack do you listen to on a regular basis while working? So for me, one that I'll typically go to is the soundtrack of Conan the Barbarian by Basil. Mm. I always get his name right. Polydorus, Poly, Polydorus, Polydormus, something like that. Uh, so that's that's the one I listen to. How about you, Mark? I have one and a half answer oh, okay. for this. Okay. So <laughs> the the first um, soundtrack that I probably listen to the most frequently, but is not something I can probably listen to while working, is the Goofy Movie soundtrack. Oh, nice. Uh, more specifically, there's three tracks that are actually all the singing ones are really good, but there's two uh, power line tracks that yes. are mm-hmm. incredible. Yes. Um, so did those you, ones I listen to regularly just for fun. Did you ever think they should have released a Powerline like mock album, uh, album just oh. of Powerline music? How no, uh, not a mock album, a real, real yeah. Album. But yeah. I think that and, would have made bank back then. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've I've purchased so growing up when it came out. I think for Christmas, I got the cassette. Nice. And yeah. then, like, in high school, I bought the CD. Yeah. And then more recently, I have the vinyl. So I've made three purchases Whoa. for the soundtrack oh, and different media. Um, but wait, that movie is out on vinyl before it's out on Blu-ray? That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take there's it up with a, mouse, Paul. Wait, is it, is it not on Blu-ray? It's not on Blu-ray. No, it's one of the things oh. that fans have been trying to. Let me let me uh, give you my actual answer for what the soundtrack is that I listen to while working. Oh, okay. Um, it's Drive. So I oh, actually this is a movie I need to see. I think. I yeah, think I would say, like it's it. on my to see. This is with um, what's his name Ryan from Gosling. La La Land. Yes, yes. So I will. I don't know how you guys feel about um, violence. But if you are queasy it. to it, no. it's uh, <laughs> there's some pretty graphic scenes. I'll leave it at that. Is it without more, giving any spoilers? Have you seen okay. the movie Dread, uh, Mark? That, like yeah, that's like violence? that's like comic book violence. Not oh, this Judge is more Dread, real. but Dread. Yeah, the one okay. where it that's Dread yeah. was essentially a ripoff of the Raid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. I haven't seen the raid. Slow yes. mo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and, and better is it that level of violence? More than that? It's 
It's less than that, but oh, okay. more realistic. So it's oh, okay. a different feel. Like yeah. when, you know, when you're watching a comic book movie and there's violence. Yes. Okay. It's a little bit more tolerable because it's so yeah. over the top. Yeah. So it's more like uh, Predator. <laughs> uh, the new one? No, no oh. I was talking about the old one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but so Drive is actually, I think I've talked about this on another um, earlier episode with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really into this new genre of music called Synthwave. Yes, and I yes, think yes. this soundtrack is maybe the like the... The first, my introduction to this oh, world, cool. okay. this genre. Nice. So that was like the the door opener. Right. Uh, but yeah, I listen to this out. regularly. Very cool, awesome. Okay, so drive for uh, for Mark, and how about you, Paul? For me, there's a couple of uh, tracks in the from the movie Inception that really oh, get me yeah. going. That it's. And I love to put it on with like when I'm working on my novel, and mm-hmm. so it puts me in that that headspace. So and that kind of music. So that's should have won the Academy Award for oh best soundtrack, but no, they had to get the stupid Social Network to win. Who's listening to that no, now? No, who should have won is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Thank you very much. Not for soundtrack. Yeah, I love that no. music. <laughs> Inception's better. Talk about getting off on a tangent. Okay, fine. Inception. Very good. Wow. Did you want to go off on another tangent? No, I'm trying to get back on course <laughs> Because here. we can get back to Goofy Movie if you want. <laughs> well, I've got okay. another animated tangent whenever you're ready. <laughs> okay, I'll let you know, Mark. Oh, my goodness. Um, Save it for the Untold Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Oh what? Let's you know what we like to go out to social media and say, "Hey, what do you guys remember about the movies we cover?" And we did that for 2001. I should say Paul did that. He does an excellent job of posting that. So thank you, Paul. Uh, and You're here welcome. is what some of you had to say. Celeste Mora says, "Open the door, Hal." Uh, Becky Williams says, "Still a classic." Andy Lewis says, "Nothing. Never saw it." Hashtag deprived <laughs> childhood. I don't know about nope. that. Uh, nope. <laughs> Wardell White says, the opening music. Every time my parents wanted to clean the garage, that music would play as I would open those double doors, pondering where to begin. Until a few minutes got until a few minutes ago, prior to writing this comment, I've never saw it. <laughs> so <laughs> just that opening music is all I ever remember. <laughs> yeah. Nathan James Norman uh, says, I bought the 20th anniversary VHS for my dad's birthday years ago. After watching it, I suddenly understood a vast number of Mystery Science Theater three th- uh, mystery science theater references. As far as 2001 goes for entertainment, it didn't hold up well, but I was glad I understood the cultural references back to this film. Ryan R. Jackson says, The end seems to suggest the Ryers were on LSD. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Agreed. And then uh, Dirty Steve 40 says, the spacesuits and sets were incredible. However, the weird star baby at the end, question mark. I'm more of a full metal jacket or the shining. Uh, I'm, yeah, but I do like overrated space drama just like the next guy. Seriously, who actually loves this movie besides the visuals? Oh, wait, it's kind of like Blade Runner, overrated, but great visual effects and kind of ahead of its time. <laughs> This could seriously happen in the next hundred years. I can't. I can't do it, Hal. I can't do that, Hal. 
Wow. So thank you to Celeste, uh, Becky, Andy, Wardell, Nathan, Ryan, and Tracy for your feedback. Um, wow. That was, that was, it was good hearing what you all remember about the movies we cover. Now that we've heard back from you, though, let's transition into the things <laughs> we really didn't like about 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I'll kick things off, guys. And this is, if you've been listening to Retro Rewind Podcast for any length of time, you know this is one of my pet peeves. The disobedient kid who never gets his comeuppance. (laughs) Not that one. That's one of the other ones. This is a Disney film, darn it. This is a little less well-known. Never going against a Sicilian unless death is on the line. No, not that. Uh, (laughs) For me, if you're going to say, so this is one, I think that Dr. Floyd is his name, the one that is going up to... Claudius, Clavius, wherever the moon base place, he's going up and he's sitting down or he's about to go into the little space station before he talks to the Russian people. Anyways, they say, you know, uh, the screen comes up and the lady says, uh, say your name and your uh, nationality and oh, yeah. whatever. And he's like, uh, Floyd, but whatever, American. I'm like, really? You're, you're a citizen of North and South America? That's amazing. Yeah, and central, <laughs> and, and central. Yes. So see, in, in fifty no. years, it's all one country. You, it's not even are, a continent. No. up or down. No, it's all because one. because on apparently on one of the space stations, you see United States, France, Germany, and China as like part oh. of the parts of like named so on the, the space union ship. has seceded. It's it's broke apart oh. <laughs> in the future. One part is America, the other part's the United States. See, Where and from? this is the America. thing. If you want, I I know it's colloquial, colloquial, colloquially. Yeah, uh, let's just fine. say that for twenty minutes. <laughs> just, <laughs> just say you're American, but really you're United Statesian or United States of American. If you're real, that's but that's a bit wordy. Yeah, I there's get more it. than one United States. That's true. There is seriously. Oh, yeah, what other like, United um, States are there? Make me ignorant. I don't <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm it up. So, I mean, that's rather than, than really I should be put in my place and start saying United States of American. Of America. No, if you're a United States of American, though. You don't say, I'm a United States of America. What Regardless, I, 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 want, I, I really don't like that when people say, I'm American, in yeah. movies at least. I mean, if you say it, I'm not going to be like, come down hard on you if you're like, you're talking to me. You see me on the street. Hey, hey, I'm American. I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. That's fine. You can say that. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> so that's something I didn't like. Mark, how about you? Uh, okay, I don't know if this is just me being impatient or too stupid to get the movie, but I was confused for a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not the only one. And it, it like, there was, I think a big reason for that is there was really no narrative that kind of connected the whole thing together. Um, there, there, it wasn't a plot driven movie. I'll say that. So mm-hmm. that it made it pretty confusing um, when they would jump around from scene to scene. So that is a, a big thing I didn't like about the movie. Um, I think it might be like, you know, Today's cinema or like normal, normal movies, um, it's so plot driven that 
going back and watching this, which has a very loose plot, if any, uh, was yeah. just not what I'm used to viewing. Oh, totally. So it, it made it pretty confusing. With so little plot and yet such a long movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I don't think you're 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 dumb at all for that, uh, Mark. I feel. Well, we'll talk about how I feel about it in a very similar fashion coming up. Uh, but Paul, what's something you right don't after like? this? <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. You didn't have now, to finish it, but okay. Um, one of the privileges of watching this <laughs> at home is that you can adjust the volume. When you're in a movie theater, such as the one that I went to and Mark went to, there are several, there are a few points in the movie where there are extremely loud noises yes. that you cannot turn down. You can plug your ears, but it's still loud. For example, when the alarm goes off, I think when they're on the moon in the monolith or something, and then the alarm goes oh, off. Oh, right. And it's I don't just, think that's an alarm. I think that's, it's doing what, it, oh, go ahead and finish, and I'll tell you what. I was about to say, whatever that noise is, it's extremely loud, and and what you were saying about uh, the music, like of uh, the monolith, mm-hmm. where it's like singing and it's yeah. getting louder and stuff, mm-hmm. that is annoyingly loud yes. in the theater. It oh. is. See, I watched it, it is at home, so too I could much. In, I believe it. And it and it goes on yeah. and on, much so. like this movie. Uh, and, and the uh, they. <laughs> The intro and intermission music, or it's not even music, it's just yeah. similar to that. Three that whole minutes of hearing an orchestra tune for a movie is not something I need. Thank you very much. Uh, and that got really, really loud and yeah. obnoxious. Again, this was the first time that I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So the the beginning, there's just all this noise and the screen's black. Yeah. I was about to go find somebody that worked at the theater and be like, yeah, there's no, the video's broken. There's no, there's nothing on the screen. (laughs) I was thoroughly confused at that as well. Yeah. Uh, Wow. That totally, I totally get that. Um, Let's go back to uh, Paul. Uh, Second thing that I dis the, my second most disliked thing about this movie is the lack of music through most of it i'm surprised this movie has a soundtrack because i think there's only like two or three songs where that i mentioned that i like the music kind of like the classical ballet but there's a lot of no music and Mm -hmm. a lot of heavy breathing not heavy breathing but loud breathing you know in the spacesuits that i think it would have made the movie better with music if there was something underlying there but to be more real or whatever it is it i think the movie's worse off for it there are some parts definitely where no music is good but not through i think most of the movie doesn't have music yeah i know what one of the things i didn't like actually was not, the long not pauses the between <laughs> scenes, the long pauses in scenes, the fact that you don't get it. <laughs> One of uh, the, like as I was alluding to this before, but I did not care for the classical score of this. Apparently, there was a, Stanley Kubrick uh, hired a a composer 
to that actually score this film, and then they didn't find out that they didn't their score wasn't used until they went to the to the the premiere. Oh. But yeah, he replaced it with this classical music, and I, I mean, great. I'm not paying to go to the symphony. I mean, Why I guess not? that'd be more expensive, probably. Yeah, but it's I don't and that's know. That's also I, boring. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I I think I I want. It's almost like for the level of visual detail to this, I expect the audio to be as detailed and I'm mean, in terms of the 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 music to be as original and as unique to match the uniqueness of this visual presentation which no I mean it's very it's one of a kind. Why can't you use uh, classical music, pre-done music? Why does it have to be new? Anyone can use that. It's like, oh, let me go on the public domain site. I mean, they didn't have well, the website websites back then. But let's what's what's free that we can use? Mm, this this yeah, this sounds this good. This was way back then. They still had to get like someone had to play it. It's it's I enjoy the classical music. Oh, I mean, so I'm, I'm not, not against classical. I love classical when it's when it makes sense for a movie. Amadeus, yeah. by all means, yeah, of course you're going to use Mozart. That totally makes I sense. I thought it was Amadeus. great the syncing up of the the spaceships with the music. Maybe you know? maybe it was a result of it just taking so long. I don't need. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have myself. I'm going to have right. myself. Uh, okay, so let's go back to Mark. What's something else you don't like? Um, I don't. I'm going to jump to the end for my next uh, dislike, okay. and that is once the last time that they, or is it Dave that comes across the monolith in space? Yes, as he's like floating towards it. Yeah. From that point on, I no, no <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Just, I agree. Like. It, it and the was, movie ends with with how nine thousand, you know, yes, killing yes. the one guy and him trying to get back in, and there, then and a, then he gets rid of how the yeah. movie should end right there. There's right? a somewhat decent like forty five minutes in that middle section. That's a decent ish movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once it, it's like it turns into a visual. I've never done psychedelic drugs, but yeah. I would imagine like this is. What a visual like acid trip or mushroom trip would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I haven't done it either, but if it's that. not what it looks like, I've <laughs> heard that it's great if you're on it. <laughs> well, apparently, I think this is. I don't know how true this is, but according to IMDb trivia, the movie wasn't doing well for those first couple weeks, like Paul uh, mentioned right. before. But, but then the pot hits. But came. then apparently, <laughs> theaters were campaigning for uh, MGM not to pull this because they found that um, people that would come to it on drugs to experience that part. <laughs> right. I believe it. Yeah. I definitely believe it. I guess Just come the to 60s, the movie two hours late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh um, but yeah, that whole point, it, like from that point on, I feel like it was just. The Stanley Kubricks wanted to mess around with visuals, mm-hmm. um, and I think at that time, what was being put on screen that was probably really cool, and nobody right. had seen anything like Whoa, that. Uh-huh. Psychedelic man, um, yeah, it's like my posters I, moving. It was <laughs> that whole sequence. I mean, along with several, several others, was just way too long. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to see some shots of aerial 
video footage over a desert in you every don't? single color. What? For, yeah. You have uh, lived. I that was supposed to be. I thought that was supposed to be. Uh, There's supposed to be alien planet. landscapes. Yeah, but I mean, we all oh, know it? it's not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't even think that it was. Um, yeah, and then going past that psychedelic trip or whatever you want to call it, when Dave was aging mm-hmm. in the the weird room, yeah, like yeah. Uh, again, maybe I'm too dumb to get it, but I I would imagine that has some sort of commentary on life or something, but. I guess Again, I, yeah, I don't know. I had it's 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 basically from what I can remember, it's basically he was in kind of like a zoo like thing. Okay. I read so, about that too, but I did not get it. Okay, you know <laughs> you okay, according the alien creatures, mm, they have him. So this may be spoilery for the book for those that are not wanting the book and the backstory of all this spoiled. So <clears throat> there's a book. Yeah. Yeah. This was sort of like made in conjunction with Arthur C. Clarke's book. Like it wasn't like there was a book first. Um, they made this together. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick said, can you, can you flesh Weird. out this story idea, this other story you have? And so I'll make the movie and you can make the novelization. And so they sort of did it at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. They uh, worked. He worked heavily with Stanley Kubrick on that yeah. anyway so they the aliens have who are far evolved have them on in their kind of captivity like a zoo and you know how we as humans they'll bring in like uh like branches or something so the animal feels more at home uh yeah, in their right. captivity they would use uh memories in his mind to make him feel more at home so he thought he was in a hotel room that he had stayed in previously. So they were able to actually go into his mind and give him that room of experience somewhere he mm-hmm. felt comfortable. So then him like seeing his older self was actually just a director's way of cutting the film to show that he is aging he didn't actually see himself Mm -hmm. but it kind of like played it to that yeah if that's the case so then at the after some time he eventually evolves into this giant space baby (laughs) and comes back to earth so that he can help the rest of the human race evolve right yeah how so about was that? that a, was that a gift from the the monolith to be re? Yes. Well, a, they're trying well, to evolve the creatures the mono- of Earth. I think is what it was. Right. Yeah, but apparently each time they they give us this gift of evolution, we use it to create weapons. And in the book, uh, Earth is on the brink of using nuclear weapons against each other. And when the space baby comes back. We're we're launching nuclear weapons at one another, and then he explodes them all in the atmosphere, and then uh, so yeah, that's what happens what there. Because the <laughs> he's all powerful now, and did you re- actually read the book, or did no. you get, like so, the cliff notes? Here, here you mm-hmm. go, guys. If you're curious about what the difference is between the uh, book and the movie, there's I just did a YouTube search of of uh, 2001. 
book versus movie. And there's, I think yeah. it's Cineflix is the channel that has yeah, that a two part, right. uh, two parter of the book to versus the movie wow. of this. They movie. usually don't have two parters on their films. So <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to go into. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Well, that's yeah. There's a lot going on there. I think we're done with the spoilery book discussion for now anyway. Okay. Well, one more thing I didn't like before we get to our tragic makers was just the anti-gravity in this movie didn't seem that realistic. I know you couldn't do <laughs> much, but well, are you talking about when they're running al- the the spinning of the, no, the space? No, that's amazing because I I know that yeah. was really they would cool. Create, yeah. I mean, Interstellar did the same thing that right. you spin to create centrifugal force but, so that it it mimics gra- a type of gravity. But no, when you talk about the shoes, I'm talking about the shoes and the Velcro <laughs> because if you're pulling yourself with one foot, that's going to launch your upper body forward. If there's no gravity, I, I'm pretty sure. And so just just lifting your shoe a little bit and then oh yeah, I'm fine. I, I, I seem very and, not. And, well, the shoes the, were designed that way. Velcro, yeah, especially they're just a, well. It wasn't Velcro. It's a special. You thing. don't know. Oh, it, yeah. This technology doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you sold me, guys. <laughs> this is a great movie. I was great. I wasn't. I wasn't sold on on their <laughs> un Velcro shoes either. But oh man. Okay. Well, let's but get... I did think it was amazing that floating pen. How they did that. Like there were some mm-hmm. parts. Oh yeah. I'm I not... thought they did very uh, well. Is mainly the movement of people. Um, But, I mean, yeah, they did Mm -hmm. some parts really, really well. Like you you said, him walking around that whole room. Or even the girl. that was really cool. The stewardess, I guess, uh, sort of uh, walking walking upside down. down. Yeah, that one kind (laughs) of tripped me out. Like, how are they, what are they doing with the camera for that? Some of them I was able to figure out. But that one. That was so funny, though. It took her, like, five minutes to walk, like, ten feet (laughs) in a circle. (laughs) You know what? I... Great lead into my tragic maker, uh, and this oh, is this is a multi part. No, that's great um, because that's where we're at now, Mark. Okay, so we we touched on it already three minutes just listening to the orchestra tune up. I don't need that, um, and so maybe I'm just super jaded. But why is so much time taken to establish like space flights and space landings and moving through <laughs> space and going to fix a thing and listening to a constant <laughs> mm-hmm. with no music. Mm-hmm. Hey, Francisco, if this is tragic, why are you making our podcast tragic? <laughs> oh, good point. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and then, like Mark was saying, the whole into the infinite thing with the psychedelic colors. I mean, it's serious. Like it's like Stanley Kubrick was like, Ooh, what can I do with Photoshop? This is a new program. Photoshop 1.0. Okay. Let me see. Ooh, I can make all these color effects. This is amazing. Wow, man. This is so cool. Oh, people are going to want to see this over and over and over and over again. Certain people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, um, I would love, I think this movie would be, I, I mean, Mark kind of said the middle 45 minutes is the most interesting. I I think this could be chopped up into like maybe an hour and a half movie or even hour 10 and be a really like engaging and visual experience. But man, it is just so long. And I, I kind of summarize it this way. I feel like this movie is uh, is made to be a story 
that supplements the visuals as opposed to visuals that supplement or or better tell a story. I think that's I mean this and Christian yeah. me my wife when we were talking through the about a bit about this. This is like art. I mean, you go you go to a museum to look at art, and it can affect you in certain ways, and it affects different people different ways. And I think this was meant to just be pretty much art, like a lot. Like if you're to stand in front of a painting that moves for two and a half hours, I guess this is the <laughs> same experience. Because there's, well, it's, it's also supposed to make you think. I don't, I don't really. There you're are some thinking things, about evolution. Uh, not really. All right, we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it, man, it's just so long. So I, I, I that was my tragic maker, the length of this and so much that could have been cut to make the movie that more engaging and probably still have questions like you. You just mentioned, Paul, evolution. I think there's still a lot of questions that you could glean and could talk about later on. But, uh, man, okay. Anyway, uh, so that's my tragic maker. Uh, Mark, what was yours? Uh, mine's similar. Uh, I wish I could say the entire movie is my tragic maker. Oh, no. That's a little too big. Um, but, yeah, the pacing was throughout the whole movie. So pretty similar to what you just said, uh, Francisco. The pacing for me was is my tragic maker. Um there was just so many scenes that were unnecessarily drawn out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really see the purpose on why we, there's zero dialogue for the first like 15, 20 minutes. I think longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really long time just to establish the fact that this, the only bit of information that was needed in that early primate monkey sequence was that this monolith kind of gives them a tool hmm. or the imagination to use a tool or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You could have done that in a few minutes. You didn't need yeah. 20. Um, or did you? Yeah. <laughs> and there's so little dialogue in the whole movie that like, if you wanted to be super long, you could have, if you spoke ape, there's a lot of uh, dialogue going on in the beginning. <laughs> That's true. I, unfortunately, I am not fluent in ape, so that part just went over my head. Yeah. But yeah, there's way too long gaps of silence, and overall pacing was way, way too slow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're on the same page. How about you, Paul? Is that your tragic maker or something else? It's amazing. I had this written down. And I've used this before, but... Oh, wait, 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 tra- wait, wait, wait. You're not going to give us white text on black background because it was all black background. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. But I'm <laughs> saving three little words. Slow and boring. <laughs> <laughs> so this should have had white text on black background to sort of prepare know, you but for a slow and boring I, movie. I, I agree with everything you guys are saying except Francisco. I don't think it would have been good as an hour and a half movie. This might have been a great 20-minute episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> but Actually, yeah, I could see it being a pretty decent uh, Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, agreeing with everything that you guys said there. Okay, Stanley Kubrick, if he were still alive... I, I would say, look, 
you don't need 15 or five minutes or however 10 minutes however long of monkeys approaching a monolith you know just yeah. just to make it oh no this drawing it out makes it more special it makes it more interesting and more real and it make no it doesn't it makes it slow and boring yeah Three i mean words slow and, boring. and i think I, I was about to say well do you think that has to do with our attention spans yes and yes and no yes and because yes and no. um i was listen. i was watching the behind the scenes and i was telling this to my family you have uh james cameron and you have uh steven spielberg and you have george lucas and you have all these directors on here saying how wonderful stanley kubrick is <laughs> and how he set the bar and uh 2001 is the pinnacle way ahead of its time and i'm thinking to myself these are professional story makers not just filmmakers mm -hmm. but they tell a story yeah this is not the right way to tell a story yeah a, a, a 10 to 15 minute story just stretched out to three hours is not <laughs> the best way even for adults to tell a story yeah sorry no no it's and like i said i think this is meant to be more of an art piece than a movie really yeah. it's not yeah it's, yeah. it's almost it should like only be viewed in a museum <laughs> it belongs well, maybe, in a museum if you, if you take out all the interesting parts you still have an hour and a half that can be in the museum oh sure there you go yes <laughs> and you buy you buy the core twilight zone episode in the gift shop there you go yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> glad they've got this solved guys so, yeah uh, okay good. so those are the things we really didn't like about 2001 a space odyssey sorry stanley now before we give our final rating we want to promote squared co which again is mark morris's creative company uh they currently have a gallery uh show right now at leanna lynn uh, in the wonderland gallery in los angeles so go check that out it's uh the theme that they're doing is dames which are like women in pop culture pop culture all types of artwork there uh, celebrating uh women of pop pop culture i should say not so much women like people who make pop culture it's the <laughs> women of pop culture like uh, correct for instance uh, i think furiosa is uh, one of the uh, people there samus from metroid yep. uh so so definitely go and check them out. And if you're curious what type of artwork you, you can expect to see there, go to uh, squaredco.org to check out uh, the type of art Squaredco does. It's amazing stuff. I, I love pretty much all of it, if not all of it. I can't say I've looked at every single piece, so that's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm prefacing uh, or hedging my bets. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome having you on, uh, Mark, and I uh, definitely want to promote people go and check out that. Uh, show until uh, when does it end? November. Uh, yeah, so it's on display until November fourth. But if you can't make it to the actual gallery, you can go to our website um, and Leanna Lynn's Wonderland to check out. I guess the virtual gallery. Awesome. Can you see Very previous cool. ones or no? Uh, if I was better at updating my website, yes. Okay. Which may or may ha not happen one day. <laughs> I totally get that. Well, <laughs> awesome. Now let's get to our final rating. Alice, uh, now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, please give us our firing solution for 2001. Firing solution complete. 
Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Okay, I think it's... We- I, I would take I think this is your best bet if you're wondering what we're gonna end up rating this. But according to the Retro Rewind podcast, do we rate two thousand one a Space Odyssey? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's probably not worth a a first time watch, but it's definitely worth a rewatch if you've uh saw it as a kid and enjoyed it. Wow, I would like to have a conversation with you. And uh, or a tragic, it is a movie not worth your time to get today, whether or not you've seen it before. Let's start with our guest. Mark, how do you rate 2001 A Space Odyssey? Tragic all around. No way. (laughs) Get out. I don't, I cannot think of a single person in my life that I would recommend this film to. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Maybe an enemy. <laughs> like Jared Mariama, your co-host of Square Code Podcast? Correct. Yeah, okay. yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just kidding, Jared. Uh, Paul, how about you? I predicted this movie would be tragic, and but actually, after re-watching it, I do realize it is, uh, special effects-wise, ahead of its time. And... There are some people that, believe it or not, enjoy going to the museums and watching pouring <laughs> paint dry. Um, no, I've, I I know a few of them that really enjoy this movie, okay. and I think if you know if you enjoyed this movie before, I think you would enjoy it again on a re, on a rewatch, just based on the fact you like slow and boring stuff. So I'm gonna <laughs> rate it uh, actually a nostalgic. Okay. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> um, you know what? And you know what? Actually, guys, now that I think about it, this movie just inspired so many people. That you know, what? maybe it is a classic. Maybe I, I've been wrong this whole time. It doesn't matter though. Their opinions don't matter. This is a tragic movie. <laughs> Thank just, you. Yeah, I you, just you scared me for a second. There. <laughs> I was. Uh, I mean, apologies to our patron that picked this, but man, I I was when you picked it. I'm like. Okay, I guess we'll do that one. I, I saw this movie in college. So I was a grown uh, adult, for all intents and purposes, uh, when I watched this for the first time. And I'm like, uh, okay, that was a thing. And I was not really looking for it. I was hoping maybe this would be different. Maybe I have grown and now I would appreciate it way more. But it's just, it's just not. I I would not watch it again. I didn't really enjoy it. I went say to my kids, hey, you need to watch this. And interestingly enough, I actually saw 2010, which is a sequel, when I was a kid. A quick quick, quick uh, drive-by. My one and only time I woke up in the middle of the night, could not go back to sleep after seeing that movie. If you want to oh. know the fuller story, I'll try to share that Uh in the post show. So you got to be a patron to listen rants. to that. Yes. That's part of our rants. Okay. Uh, so according to the retro Rewind podcast, uh, we rate 2001, a space odyssey, a disputed tragic movie. We would not recommend you go out and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. Yeah. The visuals are great, but, uh, <laughs> eh. download a wallpaper. Yeah. Download a wallpaper. <laughs> go, go to a museum. Do that. Instead. Put on some classical music in your set. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, with that, uh, please bring us back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 
set online. Receiving incoming transmission. What if we get to a time where we run out of numbers and we start using letters and then we actually get to a year called 20XX and then everyone in the podcast who listens thinks we're talking about that year? Whoa. <sighs> I don't think that's going to happen, Paul. You've been hanging out with Stanley too much. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's 20XX because I don't think there's any way this podcast is going into the 2100s. So oh, this can last. Make me this sad. can last up to twenty ninety nine, but after that, I think we're gonna have to call it's expired. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Uh, so we don't have any feedback this time, but I want to announce the next five movies you, the listeners, voted on. And again, you can go retrorewindpodcast.com to slash vote to vote on the movies we cover. We love being a listener directed as to what you want us to talk about. And here are your next five movies. First, we have Rush Hour. Uh, then Disney's animated The Little Mermaid. Then uh, The Iron Giant. After that will be Highlander. And finally, Disney Disney's animated Hunchback of Notre Dame. Now, we may have to reorder some of those, but those will be your next five movies that we cover. So thank you to everyone who voted. And uh, we will be adding five more movies to the list here soon. Uh, and we'll announce what those are uh, in, the coming, in the coming episodes. Uh, but uh, if you want to vote if you want to be one of the people who votes on these movies again go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash vote you can also buy our t-shirts at retrorewindpodcast.com slash store you can get bonus content and more by supporting us on patreon at retrorewindpodcast.com slash support yeah yeah go there slash support become a patron pay you know over ten dollars a month and then they can be somebody who who what they get to Say what movies we cover? Yeah, if you're, uh, uh, that's the patron's pick level. We'll, okay. We roll a die, and each patron is assigned a number, Who anyone who hasn't gotten a pick yet in that year. And we'll, we try to do that four times a year. This year, it'll end up only being three. Uh, we're about to do one here next episode for the last one of the year, the last patron pick of the year. But yeah, then they can personally pick whoever's number comes up. They get to pick as even if it's a movie Paul and I have never seen before, they can pick the movie that we cover on the show. Um, All right. So become a $10 more patron, and then you, you can make Francisco rewatch 2010. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the bribe level? Okay. What's number 100. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, and that goes to Paul J. Powers. Yes. <laughs> you can change my bribe. <laughs> At $100. I don't know about Francisco. Sorry. Wow. So you can also contact the show at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash contact. But how else can people reach us, Paul, and you specifically? Okay. You can talk to us on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also watch us record these very podcasts, as well as live streams of video games and pixel art illustration if Francisco's ever going to, you know, do, uh, stream I that do again. I do those sometimes. 
No, I know you do it all the time, whether you stream it or not. If he does, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. Uh, I'm kidding. You do a great job on that, Francisco. And, and when you get a chance to, uh, you, you stream a lot between video games and this. And anyway, you, but Paul. if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I currently don't have any streaming, <laughs> but uh, I have all my social media links. Or you can find us next episode when we cover the movie Rush Hour. Don't ever touch Black Man's radio. <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, as Paul mentioned, we are on Twitch. And uh, yes, I do do pixel art there sometimes. Not as often, but uh, I do do it there sometimes. And uh, Did you just say you do do it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and subscribing to our channel... Subscribing is a little different on Twitch than it is on YouTube. If you're used to subscribing on YouTube, it's on Twitch. It actually is um, a, a show is a financial support. So if not you, following, <laughs> but subscribing. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, so subscribing to our channel supports us uh, for anywhere between two dollars and five dollars, depending on how much you subscribe to us for. Uh, you can even subscribe for free though with an Amazon Prime membership. Just go to retrorewindpodcast.com/slash/twitchprime. All one word. To learn how to do that, that'll take you a YouTube video where I, I actually do a video tutorial on how to do that. And I want to say a big thanks to our current Twitch circuits, the people who have subscribed to us. Uh, Napod, Doc Holiday 364 Christian Geek Central, Rotius1886, Chris, Chris Nitz, Eric the Viking for Herky, Nathan James Norman, Paul J. Powers, who's that guy? Uh, Dale71129, and Matt Cowan. Thank you all for subscribing to us on Twitch. And thank you, Paul, for being a Twitch circuit, for being an uh, uh, awesome friend, awesome co-host. Um, I really hope that Hal, uh, Alice 9000 doesn't kill you while you're out Me repairing too. the satellite. That'd be a uh -oh. horrible loss. Uh, but <laughs> thanks, for, uh, yeah. thanks for being here. I need here. to fix that satellite. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, – oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. But I'm going to insert an asterisk, a footnote in here. Just uh, we mentioned the patrons at the ten dollar level. Let's go back there oh, and discuss it more. <laughs> they they can't pick any movie that we haven't seen, right? right because there's some yes. I there are some that we have to agree that okay, we will watch it. Yeah, but for, there are some that we won't. For instance, if you were to pick The Exorcist, I would not rewatch that again. So there are there are some movies that, especially that if for me um, particularly. If they're uh, supernatural horror, I'm probably going to veto it and have you pick something else. So, stay away from gore slasher movies, and you you should be. I, that's a good I, start. Honestly, well, I mean, I, I I would be okay with watching Halloween. I kind of want to watch John Carpenter's Halloween again, but I know you probably veto. Wouldn't. All right, that's fair. <laughs> fair, fair, Paul. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, thank you though for applying that, Paul. Sure, and thanks for having me aboard. Of course. And very special thank you to First Degree Shipman, Mark Morris, for coming back right. on the show. So yeah, awesome yeah. having you here. Uh, Mark, we, we mentioned it a little bit before, but where can people find you online? And is there anything else you'd like to promote? Um, so there's two places you can find me. Uh, my company is called Squared Co. On all the social media, you can find us by searching Squared Co., all one word, and then my personal account, um, I'm really only active on Instagram, but my handle on there is M squared. That's E-M-M -M underscore squared. 
Okay. Mm, very good. And you can find links to, I believe, most of those on Mark's hosts page by going retroreviewingpodcast.com slash hosts slash Mark hyphen Morris. Yay. (laughs) But thank you so much for being here, Mark. It was a blast having you back. Uh, Most of all, though, I mean, as great as Paul and Mark are, I I appreciate you. Yes, you listening right this very second, especially if you made it all the way to the end of this episode. Much like this movie, this episode may have ended up being a bit long. But (laughs) there's more dialogue in this movie. It's a good point. Mm. We don't just sit around silently for a long time. Uh, but whether this is your, apes talking, maybe uh, whether this is your first <laughs> time listening to the show or you're a part of our Rad Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us, and we pray that you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at fxruizx, and you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at retrorewindpodcast.com/fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be part of the. Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com and the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. You can catch us at either of those, but like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. <laughs> your heart to do. I'm half crazy, hopeful in love with you. Just die already, Hal.